Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, this is the Faith in Kids podcast. It's festive and it's episode three. It is. And my name is Edward Kenneth Drew. Wow. What's your name? You've, you've, you've revealed your middle name there. I have. I felt like we've really learned something about you. <laughs> we have. My name is James Edward Carey. Well, would you know it? We yeah. share an Edward. Yeah. Because today is all about names. It is. It's all about names and we're going to find out that Jesus' name is all about saving Christmas. We're going to start with a whip-around question to get us talking and that is, do you know what your name means or do you know why it was chosen? Jam? So... I get called Jam because my mate at school decided to call me Jam and there were five Jameses in my class, but my real name is James. I don't really know what James means, I, but I do know why I'm called James and not Edward. You were almost called Edward. Yes, but my mum didn't like people calling Edwards Ed or Ted. She didn't, she didn't want an Ed or a Ted. No. She wanted an Edward. So she realised she was going to lose that one. And so she called me James instead. And if I'd been a girl, I'd have been called Georgina. Well, I mean, Jam, I could be sat here with a Georgina or an Ed or an Edward. Yeah. And here I am with a mum who doesn't really like me being called Ed. So she does call me Edward, yeah. even when she's not angry. And she's the only person in the world who does, probably. <laughs> Practically. Yeah. So in your families now, can you talk about, do you know what your name means? Maybe you could even look it up now. Or do you know why it was chosen? And if you're here with a parent, you could ask them. Why did you call me Ironing Board? (laughs) I demand answers. No one is called Ironing Board. No one's called Ironing Board. But you know what I mean. Off you go. Get talking about why you're called Ironing Board.
Well, in an exciting one-off slot, Jam is now going to lead in us in his festive fun facts frenzy and flight of fancy. Jam, I don't even know what this is. This is a bit like a fun facts fight-off, but I have all the facts. <laughs> Off you go. So a Yule log used to be a log that you take into your house. Yes. And it basically you burn it over the Christmas period, over Christmas tide, or the feast of yule so one log could keep a family warm for the whole of christmas that's a big log isn't it's it? gonna be huge yeah no exactly how big must the fire have been you'd never shut the door on that fight if it had a door yeah so i think it would sort of smolder away the, okay the first recording of a yule log is in 1184 that is a thousand years ago best part of a thousand years ago and um, it's been it's, and it's all together, and it goes back to before this country was Christian. There were other festivals and gods and all that kind of stuff, which obviously we're now pleased that we became a Christian country. So at some point, they stopped bringing Yule logs into the house, possibly for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, central heating for a start. Yes. Radiators were much yes. better, uh, but also the the Yule log had been usurped by the Christmas tree. I see. So in the eighteen forties, I believe. Or the 1830s, Queen, Queen Victoria. and Albert, yeah. German tradition. German tradition. They started bringing trees into yes. their houses. And then covering them in chocolate. Okay. No, they didn't. Because <laughs> uh, chocolate was very expensive. And back then, you could only drink chocolate. Chocolate was a drink. Uh, it wasn't actually a chocolate bar. Jam, we're getting a lot of value for our money we out are, of this. Yes. I happen to know quite a lot about this chocolate. this fun facts frenzy flight of fancy. It is a, fun, it is a frenzy of it fun is. facts and a flight of fancy. So the big thing I'm going to take away yes. is I hope someone this Christmas gives me... A chocolate Yule log. That would be good. And I'll say this is named after the Yule log that, that kept you warm for the whole of and Christmas. That's, and that's why it looks like a log. I'm I mean, so pleased I yeah, know that. Exactly, jam. yeah. And let, we don't even get on to the whole first Noel business, and that's another term for Christmas is, is Noel, because in French they would say Joyeux Noël, which is <laughs> which is Merry Christmas. I don't know why me speaking French is inherently funny, Edward. There you go. I, I, like, just, I just called you Edward. You there. did. I like yeah. it when you speak French as well, Jan. Yes, exactly. Well, so anyway, that's that's an absolute train wreck of a fun facts flight of fancy. Wasn't. That was excellent. But it does show you that there are lots of different words for Christmas. It does. In terms of Christmas and Noel and Yule. And that brings us neatly into Matthew chapter one, and we're gonna hear two words or names for Jesus. Listen out now and see if you can hear what those two names the baby is to be given are. The mother of Jesus Christ was Mary. And this is how the birth of Jesus came about. Mary was engaged to marry Joseph. But before they married, she learned that she was going to have a baby. She was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary's husband, Joseph, was a good man. He did not want to disgrace her in public so he planned to divorce her secretly. While Joseph thought about this, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You will name the son Jesus. Give him that name because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to make clear the full meaning of what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be pregnant, she will have a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. This name means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the Lord's angel had told him to do. Joseph married Mary. 
How many sleeps is it until Christmas? If you've got an advent calendar, it's much easier to work that out. It's just how many closed doors there are. Yeah. Now, for Joseph, the sleep in this story was the most important sleep of his life. He went to bed worried because he was going to have to wake up and break off his marriage to Mary. Because she was pregnant, he wasn't the dad. He didn't know what he was going to do, but he had a plan and it was, it was awful. It was going to ruin Christmas for everyone. So he had a dream and an angel spoke. Maybe a bit more of a nightmare because everyone who ever meets an angel is terrified. Their messengers from God sent straight from his throne room with a message. Terrifying. It was easy for Joe. He just had to sleep through it. But still the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The angel went on to explain it. She'll give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. Give him that name because he'll save his people from their sins. So, Jam, what does Jesus mean? Jesus means God saves. That's exactly it. That's what his name means. You shake his hand and he says, hello, my name is God saves. This name was chosen by his father, God. The name Jesus would explain who he was, why he'd come. Because this baby would save his people from their sins. Let me explain what that means. Have you ever played the game Jenga, Jam? I love the game Jenga. My favourite version of Jenga is to play it with your feet. Really? Yes. So you make a neat... Boom. A neat... Mind blown, everyone. <laughs> Seriously, play it with your feet. You can't put them back on with your feet unless you're very dexterous. But just take your shoes and socks off and try to get... And play it on the ground and and work out pushing the those little wooden blocks yeah. out with your toes yeah it'll it seriously it'll change your life okay thank yeah. you jam so you know that game jenga you know how it starts at the beginning before jam pushes his hairy toes at that it that at the beginning it's ordered it's perfect that was how the world was at the beginning like a beginning of a game jenga everything in its place not one piece out of place beautiful ordered stacked the bible explains Right at the beginning, when Adam and Eve said no, the tower came crumbling down. Ruined. Hurt. Mess. Sin is that brick out of place that makes the whole lot fall over. Sin is what ruins everything, even Christmas. One more chocolate? Ugh, it's never enough. Arguments. Your family still argues at Christmas. There's no perfect present. It's either not quite the right size or it's broken or it doesn't last a year or it wears out. Or maybe at Christmas you say the wrong thing. You say the unkind thing. You end up with tears on Christmas Day. Sin is forgetting it's all about Jesus. Sin is forgetting it's his birthday. Sin is saying no to Jesus. This baby came because he will save his people from their sins. He will be the one to put our world back together, one brick at a time. He is the only one who could. The only one born who isn't a mess, who isn't broken, who isn't all over the floor. Jesus was born the Son of God and he came to save us this Christmas. So when you get it wrong this Christmas, when you make your brother or your sister or your friend cry, Jesus came to forgive you. When you forget about Jesus and make Christmas all about presents, Jesus came so you don't have to remember all the time. 
You never do all those great things you wish you did. You don't offer others food first. You don't buy other people great generous presents. You don't share your great presents. And that's okay because Jesus did do all of those things so you don't have to. Jesus came to save you this Christmas to put you back together again so you can be in God's family. Jesus saves this Christmas. And don't forget to play Jenga with your feet. <laughs> but Jesus does save this Christmas and every Christmas. When you get your feet out, Jan, what do your family say? Well, it's not so much, they don't say anything, they just run. <laughs> so just you. Yeah. Just you pushing bricks out Absolutely. on your own yeah. with your toes. Yeah. Now, Jam, we've got a sketch now, haven't we? And I love this. But before we get on to our sketch, I think we should pray. I'm going to pray. The angel said to Joseph, she'll give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. Give him that name because he'll save his people from their sins. Father, thank you that this Christmas Jesus saves us from our sins. Thank you that his name, Jesus, reminds us each time that he has put us back together again. He has made us whole when before we were broken. Even though we still get things wrong, even though we're still not the people we wish we were, thank you that Jesus has put us back together again. Thank you that Jesus has fixed us in the most important way that matters. Thank you that we can have Jesus this Christmas to save us. Amen. Amen. We've got a sketch now, and this is imagining what would happen the morning after. So Joseph has woken up from his wonderful dream. He's going to go and see Mary and say how excited he is. But on the way... But on the way, he stops at the florist. <laughs> to is, buy some flowers. Yes, that's what you get from florists. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. Honestly, that's quite new information to me. OK, well, you're a married man, Ed. How have you managed that? Anyway... Here's what happens, or what we think could have happened at the florist. Hello. Sorry, in a bit of a hurry. Just want a bunch of flowers for someone. A dozen red roses should do the job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't rush flowers. You need to make sure you're taking the right flowers to the right occasion. Yeah, I know. Lily's for a funeral or daffodils for Mother's Day. Oh, who made you the flower expert all of a sudden? One of us has a flower shop. Guess which? The other just rushed in, assuming a dozen red roses would do the job. What? No, I just... You don't mind me saying, you're the classic man. Any old flowers. Who cares about the colour? They're all nice, aren't they? Men have died over mistakes like that. You need the right kind of flower to give exactly the right kind of message. Look at this bunch. They're nice. I'll take those. No! They're flowers to congratulate a cousin on their new home. Do you see the radiant fuchsia and the iridescent rhododendron? Oh, right. Uh, what about these? They're pretty. I should think so. They're to say, I was really excited to hear that your nephew was miraculously healed at the Pool of Bethesda. Say it all with hyacinths and hydrangeas. OK. Um, that is quite specific. Pool of Bethesda? It's an annual event. <laughs> Turn up with a bunch of carnations like it's a first date and no one will know where to look. What would your mother say? You need a bunch of petunias to make up for that. Right. Um, what about this bunch? It's enormous. Well, here's a perfect bouquet for apologising for making a hole in someone's roof to lower someone down on a mat. OK, but that is very specific. Any takers? Not yet. One day. So, what do you need flowers for? 
And be specific. Well, it's for Mary, who I have promised to marry. Oh, right. Well, I've got just the thing. You need a... Uh, but then I decided to break it off, because she's pregnant and I'm not the dad. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I'm so glad you told me. Uh, you definitely need... This morning, I now do want to marry her after all. Ah. Uh. So say it with Movor kids, as they say. Because last night an angel told me in a dream that the baby she's going to have is conceived by the Holy Spirit and will take away the sins of the world. Right. A dozen red roses, you say? That'd be great. Coming right up. I've got some questions to get us talking. It might be you've got things you already know you want to ask. You can start with those. But if you're stuck for things to talk about, if you're under five, do you know whose birthday it is at Christmas? If you're under eight, is there something you often get wrong? Do you often do the wrong thing? Is there a way you often make others sad or cross? Just work out what that way is. Jesus came to say, I forgive you for it and I can help you with it. If you are over eight, who can you pray for this Christmas? Is there someone you know who really needs to be certain that Jesus can save them? Maybe they're already trusting Jesus and it would just make Christmas so much better if they remembered that. Or maybe they don't yet trust Jesus. Jesus can save them. You could pray for them that he would. Finally, if you're older, maybe a teenager, what does it feel like to be saved by Jesus? Could you describe it to someone else? Could you describe how it feels to be put back together again? I think that's a bit, I think that's hard. See how you get on. So quickly, those questions. If you're younger, whose birthday is it at Christmas? If you're under eight, is there some way you keep getting it wrong and you know it? Work out what that way is and thank Jesus that he says, I forgive you and I can help you. If you're over eight, who will you pray for this Christmas? And if you're a teenager, what does it feel like to be saved by Jesus? because he's been born. Have a chat about that, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. Yes. So what is it? So your log is, I'm just going to keep, for the next half an hour, just keep saying things, and you go, what is it? <laughs> That's very much the idea. 